0: Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. Massachusetts School Building Authority approves high school project funding. The Massachusetts School Building Authority, the MSBA, voted to approve funding for the Belmont High School Building Project on August 29th. This endorsement is the culmination of more than two years of collaboration and work by the Belmont High School Building Committee. That's the BHSBC. The SBA, the Belmont School Department, Belmont Citizens, multiple town committees and boards, and various town departments. The MSBA approved a grant for the additional For the addition and renovation project at Belmont High School for $80,644,278. We are incredibly pleased the MSBA has voted to approve funding for the Belmont High School building project. We are especially grateful for the support of State Senator William Brownsberger and State Representative Dave Rogers who attended multiple MSBA board meetings and were strong advocates for the Belmont High School project. The project has reached this stage thanks to the collaborative efforts of so many throughout the town, and it is testament to how invested Belmont citizens are in the continued success of our schools, said Bill Lavello, chairman of the Belmont High School Building Committee. The BHSBC was formed to explore solutions to the Belmont High School building deficits, including an aging infrastructure and space constraints due to overcrowding. In January 2018, after more than 50 public meetings, forums and workshops, the Belmont School Committee voted for a 7-12 grade configuration for the school. Also at that time, the BHSBC determined that a school design with a major addition and minor renovation would most appropriately and effectively address the educational and faculty-related needs of Belmont students and would support continued enrollment growth and evolving teaching models. The next step and the Belmont High School building project process is a townwide vote on November the 6th. At that time, voters will decide whether to accept the MSBA's $80 million in funding towards the total project costs of $295,159,189 and approve a debt exclusion to fund the balance of the project, an amount for which Belmont's taxpayers will be responsible. If the town votes in favor of the debt exclusion, the project will move ahead. The current project timeline is to complete construction and open the 9-12 through portion of the school in September of 2021, and to open the 7th and 8th grade portion of the school in September of 2023. And now over to my colleague, Claire.
1: Thank you, Bob. DA Marion Ryan wins her second term. outdistances Challenger Patilano by Ann Brennan. Middlesex County District Attorney Marion Ryan won a second term Tuesday, defeating fellow Democrat Donna Patilano. No Republican is running for the office, so Ryan, 63, will be the only candidate on the ballot in November. Obviously, this is a wonderful job, she said shortly after Patalano released a statement conceding the race. It was a hard-fought campaign, and I am glad our message that I am the proven progressive prosecutor resonated across the country. Ryan who served as a prosecutor in the office before she was elected in 2012, won the race with 54% of the vote, with 71% of the precincts reporting. The district attorney is the top law enforcement official in the, country, the county. She was appointed to lead the 150 prosecutor office in 2012, By then Governor Deval Patrick and was elected to the office later that year, winning about 58% of the vote. In a race where differences between the two candidates were small, Ryan touted her record on bail reform, restorative justice, and jail diversion programs for people addicted to opioids. In January, Ryan instituted a new bail program to prevent unnecessary pretrial detention for nonviolent crimes. Since then, there have been 9,473 arraignments in Middlesex County District and Superior Courts, and no bail was requested in about 78% of those cases, she said. Patilano, 53, of Winchester, pledged during the campaign to collect and analyze data from the prosecutor's courts and diversion programs to create a more transparent and just criminal justice system. The data would also show if diversion and other programs are effective. We have a broken criminal justice system, Patalano, a former Suffolk County prosecutor and defense attorney, told the Daily News editorial board last week. We do know in mass that we incarcerate black men at eight times the rate of white men. Patilano released a statement at 11.22 p.m. thanking the people who joined her fight. I am proud of the grassroots campaign we built to advocate for equitable justice and transparency and accountability in Middlesex County. The statement said, though we came up short today, I am proud of the difference we made. During the campaign, Ryan touted her efforts to battle opioids and addiction, including getting addicts into treatment rather than putting them in jail while they await trial. She also created a task force to fight crime and deaths caused by the opioid crisis. She called for reforms to prevent people charged with nonviolent crimes from being held in jail while awaiting a trial because they could not afford bail. Ryan said she will work with Northeastern University to help collect and analyze criminal justice data. She acknowledged the system is inequitable. She also pledged to work with the state legislature to get the required funds for the collection and study of data. Now over to Max.
2: Thanks, Claire. Cultural Council Seeking Funding Proposals. The Belmont Cultural Council has set an October 15th deadline for organizations, schools, and individuals to apply for grants that support cultural activities in the community. According to council spokesperson Juliet Jenkins, these grants can support a variety of artistic, scientific, and humanities projects and activities in Belmont, including exhibits, festivals, short-term artist residencies, or performances in schools, workshops, and lectures. Emphasis is placed on applications from Belmont residents and organizations, and recipients will likely be given partial funding. The awards to local applicants typically range from $200 to $800. All programs must be accessible to the public. The Belmont Cultural Council is part of a network of 329 local cultural councils, serving all 351 cities and towns in the Commonwealth. The LCC program is the largest grassroots cultural funding network in the nation, supporting thousands of community-based projects in the arts, sciences, and humanities every year. The state legislature provides an annual appropriation to the Mass Cultural Council, a state agency which then allocates funds to each community. This year, the Belmont Cultural Council will distribute about $5,000 in grants. Previously funded projects include Belmont Porch Fest, Ayla Brown at Payson Park Music Festival, Hidden Poetry and Town Hall Theater, and a town hall theater production by Stage Ensemble Theater Unit. For local guidelines and complete information on the Belmont Cultural Council, contact Jenkins at Belmont Cultural Council at yahoo.com. Over to you, Bob.
0: Thank you, Max. Intense Heat Doesn't Hold Back the Marching Marauders by Joanna K. Zavallis. Close to 100 students participated in the Belmont High School Marching Band Camp, during the heat wave of the week of August the 27th, from 12 noon to 8 p.m. daily. The Belmont High School band director, Paul Ketchin, said they they took frequent breaks, kept their water with them at all times, and stayed in the shade as much as possible. About 30 rookies learned the basic fundamental drills and techniques of marching, coordination of the different musicians on the field, And how to play the music for this year's show which is Journey to Mars. Belmont High School sophomore Marcus Davidson said he loved participating in band camp despite the heat and didn't deny the heat was rough. Most of the week was pretty brutal but we were all pushed through it. Uh, We all pushed through it and it was uh, great. There was a lot of camaraderie We all fed off each other's energy to keep on going and get through it, he said. This is definitely my favorite show so far, he said. Uh, Ketchum uh, has been the band director at the Belmont High School for five years. He was also a member of his marching band in junior high school, high school, and college prior to becoming a band director at Hanover for seven years. When the Belmont position opened, he said he couldn't resist. There's such a phenomenal music program in this town. Here's, uh, there's such support for the arts, so I thought marching band in this town would be a lot of fun, and uh, fun and jazz and concert band, everything. It's great, said Ketchum. And now on to Claire.
1: Thank you, Bob. New staff promotions at Belmont schools. Students Were Greeted by Some New Faces on the First Day of School by Joanna K. Zavellas. Students returning to Belmont Public Schools on September 5th were greeted by some new faces as well as familiar faces in new roles. Three administrators new to Belmont Public Schools are Wellington Principal Allison Frank, Belmont High School Assistant Principal Daniel O'Brien, and Metco Director Rosa Innes. Chenery Middle School also has a new school resource officer, Officer Christine Puglasey. Puglasey has been a Belmont police officer for approximately 18 years. She served in patrol but was also the department's juvenile, domestic violence, and sexual assault detective. This position will primarily serve the four grades of students at the Chenery Middle School and partner with current school resource officer Melissa O'Connor, who serves Belmont High School, the two school resource officers who will connect with families of elementary schools when needed, said Phelan. Some familiar faces in different roles are Belmont High School Interim Principal Thomas Brow previously the assistant principal at BHS. BHS assistant principal Michael Bruno, who will be part-time and continue his role as a special education teacher at BHS. Chennery Middle School assistant principal Nicolette Foundas, who previously was a fifth-grade teacher at CMS. And CMS nurse Beth Rumley, now director of nursing for Belmont Public Schools. Now over to Max.
2: Thanks, Claire. Public Transportation Updates, an an editorial by Senator William Brownsberger. A lot has been happening through the summer at the MBTA, and I wanted to offer a few updates. First, Belmont and Watertown bus riders can expect to soon have a dedicated lane through the chronic traffic jam in front of Mount Auburn Cemetery. We had hoped to see this ready earlier in the summer, but we still expect it before the end of the construction season. Second, the MBTA is moving forward with a contract to repair the Alewife garage. The project will take a little less than two years. During this time, the loss of parking will be very limited, approximately 200 out of the 2,700 spaces at any one time. These fixes are not a permanent solution. The structure will likely need to be replaced within a decade or so. Third, parking fees will be restructured at MBTA garages effective September 1st. Weekday fees will be dropping at some installations that are underused and rising at the most congested facilities. The weekend fees will drop at most facilities. The idea is to better utilize all resources. For my district, the only relevant facility is Alewife, and we will see an increase to $9 per weekday there. Fourth, the MBTA is beginning its public engagement process around their new fare system, currently known as Automated fare collection 2.0. Once it is rolled out fully in 2021, it should be a huge improvement. The most obvious servant imp- service improvement will be that passengers will be able to board using any door on buses and the green line. That will reduce station dwell time and speed up service. The subtler improvement will be that instead of having value residing on cards that could be lost or damaged, Value will reside in a user account. Riders will be able to pay th- through that account in multiple, convenient ways. The new model will create a lot of new options for fare structure that the current model does not support. Fare structure will always be a combination of economics and politics, but we can attract more riders through pricing that better reflects value. Finally, the Rail Vision Study is underway. The advisory group has been organized and has met twice. One thing I'm starting to understand is that the right answer will not be the same for all rail lines. For example, I have a strong bias toward the concept of a subway-like rail service on the Worcester Line connecting Brighton and Alston into downtown Boston. Subway-like service for only a few stops could share the tracks with the long-haul service for Worcester. The Green Line is currently maxed out. I am thrilled about the plans in motion to improve the Green Line, But the overwhelming volume of residential development in Alston and Brighton, which are also already dense areas, is likely to also justify rail service improvements. I'd also love to see more frequent service on the Fitchburg line going from Belmont into Boston, but the case for subway-like frequency will be weaker than on the Worcester line. At current population density, the ridership in Belmont will necessarily be less and the avenue towards service improvement may simply be more frequent long-haul runs as opposed to the more radical concept of subway-like service sharing the tracks. Over to you, Bob. Thanks, Max.
0: Networking event to be held on September the 18th. Uh, The Beach Street uh, Center will hold a regional networking event 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. on the first Tuesday of each month starting September 18th at the Beach Street Center 226 Beach Street in Belmont. This, three, this free program offers support, training, education and networking to people ages 50 and older who are seeking to, seeking help with career direction and employment. The group facilitator will present a new topic each week. One-to-one speed coaching, speakers, workshops, and weekly job recruiters will be offered. Attendees will be taught how to develop new skills, tools, and strategies to help in career transitions. Doors open at 1 p.m. for early sign-in and casual networking. Participants can attend meetings in any regional location. Group facilitator Mark Sensky is a career management professional who specializes in coaching, training, and interview preparation. He lists his areas of expertise as assessment, branding, marketing, and social media networking. For information, call 617-993-2983. Again, that is 617-993-2983. And now over to Claire.
1: Thank you Bob. Belmont resident chosen as unsung heroine. The state announces annual recognition of women who make an impact. Each June, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts celebrates female commonwealth community leaders. Belmont resident Anne Marie Lambert was one of those chosen females honored at the State House this year on June 20th. According to state rep David Rogers Lambert is an environmentalist with deep knowledge of the land and water of Belmont. She gave a presentation to the Belmont Historical Society on the battle over the Belmont uplands, one of the last true urban wilds in the greater Boston area. Rogers said Lambert transformed its lessons into creative pursuits like the Belmont Stormwater Working Group, to advocate successfully to reduce pollution and flooding from new developments by using up-to-date precipitation data. The Belmont Staycation campaign to reduce energy used by Belmont residents to fly around the globe. And Belmont Nature Walks, she leads with local poets and actors to connect residents with the place where they live. Lambert has been a town meeting member and member of the board of the Belmont Citizens Forum Board of Directors for over 10 years, organizing stormwater forums and volunteer cleanup days, and publishing articles to inform citizens about local history and environmental and stormwater issues. Now, here's Max.
2: Thank you, Claire. Crosswalk Tragedy. Neighborhood Calling for Safer Streets After Fatal Accident Involving Pedestrian, by Joanna K. suvellis The Butler Elementary School community and surrounding neighbors are mourning the passing of a fellow parent and rallying to get the Board of Selectmen and Traffic Advisory Committee to hear their pleas to make their neighborhood st- streets safer for pedestrians and bicyclists. 39-year-old Sachi Thanawala Patel died August 30th two days after she was struck by a white van while crossing the crosswalk on Lexington Street in Belmont on the morning of August 28th. She leaves behind her husband, Akash, and two sons, Arnav, eight, and Veer, four. In response to the passing of Thanawala Patel, neighbors and concerned citizens are rallying for safer streets in the Butler area. One of her close neighbors, Kate Caffrey, circulated a flyer asking for citizens to attend traffic advisory committee and selectmen meetings to voice concerns about pedestrian safety in Belmont and how to make changes to make roads and intersections more safe. Raised tables were added to reduce speed on Lexington Street in late summer 2016, according to Glenn Clancy, Director of Community Development. Since then, Assistant Belmont Police Chief James McIsaac says the number of accidents has gone down. In 2016, there were seven accidents at that intersection. In 2017, there were two. Since January 2018, there have been three accidents. Since August 28th, there have been three other accidents involving motor vehicles and pedestrians or bicyclists with non-life-threatening injuries. On August 30th, a bicyclist was struck at the intersection of Brighton and Hurley Streets. On September 1st, a blind pedestrian was struck in the crosswalk at the intersection of Hull Street and Trapello Road. On September 4th, a bicyclist was struck at the intersection of Belmont Street and Park Road. Daniel Butler Elementary School Principal Daniel Danielle Betancourt forwarded a message from the family of Thanawala Patel in an email to parents signed up to receive emails through Belmont Public Schools, which provided more information about her. It states, Thanawala Patel was born in, in Amebadad, India, and the eldest of three siblings and has lived in the United States since 2002. She was an occupational therapist. At approximately 8.25 a.m. on August 28, Thanawala Patel was struck by a 2015 Ford Transit van while crossing the crosswalk on Lexington Street at the intersection of Lexington and Sycamore Streets. The motor vehicle was entering Lexington Street from Sycamore Street. The driver of the van and sole occupant of the vehicle remained on the scene. Back to you, Bob.
0: Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the talking news and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont.